0: So that's probably the first thing is find a good support system to help you. I'll be honest, you know, this is my first time operating in this capacity as an owner and a president. So humble enough to know there's a lot of things that I don't know. But the one thing that I will say is I'm not um, too humble to the point where I can't go out and ask for help. If I'm operating in the best interest of my employees, my family, my clients, and all of our vendors, I know that that's an obligation that I have and I need to go out and execute every single day.
1: Welcome to another episode of One Starfish, where our mission is to change the world one starfish or one person at a time. Um, as always, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe. That's the only you know thing that we ask, obviously, to get the word on. I'm really excited to spend time with John today. Uh, John Coleman and his wife, they live in Kansas City. They have four kids. Um, he's been in logistics and trucking, which is kind of where we connected for most of his life and started his own company um, heartland in 2020 which is a completely remote company with 40 employees right now in 13 different states so he's doing some great things starting in the middle of a pandemic which is kind of funny um so welcome to the show john great to have you
0: thank you angela excited to be here
1: awesome so tell us a little bit about um why did you decide in 2020 to branch out you worked for a couple major companies and stuff like that and why did you decide to branch out and, and start your own
0: Sure. Um, yeah, I think for me, you know, kind of going back to the beginning, you know, I worked for a fortune 500 company right out of the gate out of college was there for eight years, uh, then had the opportunity to go work for a startup company to understand, okay, how do you take a business from zero and grow it to $90 million. Um, so I was fortunate enough to deal with that. Um, my company Heartland Logistics Group was really born out of COVID and out of necessity. So um you know, and I think that a lot of people go through life and you have to find that catalyst, right, that really catapults you and gets you to the next chapter of whatever it is, you know, God ultimately meant for you to do. So um, COVID hit 2020. My wife was a stay-at-home mom. We had uh, two boys and we had just had the twins Um, we had some COVID happened and, um, my current company, um, made some decisions that I wasn't necessarily on board with. It's no knock on them. COVID was new. Nobody knew how to navigate that. Right. So, um, I just got to a place where I said, okay, you know, I've been successful for the last call it 13 years. Um, I've got some good relationships. I've worked with some really good clients. Um, I know the industry really well, maybe it is time. Maybe this is the push that I need to get out on my own and start my own company. So, um, you know, we launched Heartland Logistics Group um, September of 2020. It was myself, my business partner, and one other individual. Um, you know, I think the whole goal was, and I know Andy and Ed talk about this a lot, no safety net, right? Um, we just said, okay, we're going to get a small business loan. We're going to drain the 401ks and we're going to make this happen. Like there's no, no second option, right? So um, launched the company in September, um, took us four months. We did about a million dollars in sales, which was really good. Um, we grew to three, from three to six people, um, 2021, we, we really hit the ground running. Um, I think we finished that year, um, with 24 employees, we did about 20 million in sales and 21, uh, last year we grew from 24 employees to I think 42 or 45. Um, we did about 52 million in sales in that last year. So, um, this year, you know, we, we, they always talk about, you know, setting lofty goals, right. And so, um, i I've always operated under the mindset of like, let's let's set goals that we know are attainable, and then let's create a stretch goal as well. So I mean, as an organization, our goal for this year is ninety million. It's not out of the realm, but um there's a lot of economic indicators that say it's going to be tough. and i'm I'm perfectly fine with that. We're going to continue to hire the right people and make sure that we continue that growth path that we're on. So wow,
1: that is so cool, John. Wow. Um, so like people listening to this are going, holy moly, I'm sure a lot of them are. And so, how do you scale from you know startup to 52 million in sales and 45 employees in two years? What are some tips that you think could help? Maybe not that kind of growth, depends what industry someone's in, whether that even makes sense, but um, just like that, that, that percentage of growth will for sure make sense to anybody. So what are some tips on that?
0: Sure, so I would say the first thing is if you don't have a mentor or a peer group to lean into, I would highly recommend it. Um, You know, when we launched the company, I really didn't have anything. I had one mentor that um, was kind of helping me along. We got about six months into it. And that's when I joined the Arte Syndicate. Um, Great group of people. They genuinely care. They want the best for everybody. They want everybody to succeed and go out and win. Um, So that's probably the first thing is find a good support system to help you. Um, I'll be honest, you know, this is my first time operating in this capacity as an owner and a president. So, I'm humble, humble enough to know there's a lot of things that I don't know, right? But the one thing that I will say is I'm not um, too humble to the point where I can't go out and ask for help, right? So if if I'm operating in the best interest of my employees, my family, my clients, and all of our vendors, I know that that's an obligation that I have, and I need to go out and execute every single day. So don't be afraid to go out and ask for help. Um, from a scaling perspective, um, you know, I think with any small business, just understanding the finances and then understanding the the tactical elements behind it. So, know where your cash flows are, know what you're spending, know what you're bringing in, have a sales strategy, right? And we can talk in all the details on that later, but I think those are some of the key components for that.
1: Cool. And what were some of the things um, that you find? Like you said, you mentioned that, you know, this isn't going to be a problem really to scale to 90 million this year, which I don't think so either. You've been doubling every year. Um, but, you know, is finding the right employees. How has that been for you? And and how have you found like, have you had a lot of turnover? Did you just know were these random people were the people referred? How did you find the employees, especially working remotely, where you're not like hands on with them and able to control their every move the same way as if they're in person? What are some, what are some thoughts there? And what are some things maybe you had and you worked through or anything like that?
0: Sure. So um, in the last two years, um, from a voluntary turnover perspective, we've had zero percent. So we haven't had anybody quit on us in the last two years. Um, I think that's a testament to treating the employees well, doing the right thing, you know, even if it's not necessarily advantageous to the company, but making sure the employee and their families are taken care of. Um, That's hard to do. Sometimes you don't have the financial means to do it. But if you do, I would highly recommend going down that route. Um, second of all, I would say that for us, if you look at the call it 45 employees that we have, I think 39 or 41 of them are all referrals. Um, if you're trying to build a culture, it's, it's fine. And I am not against hiring people outside of your personal network or your employees network, but I will say there is an advantage to hiring people that, you know, and trust. Right. And I think that goes along with any business. So. Um, we are we've been very fortunate i think the average tenure in the industry for what we operate in um, is approximately 10 years for our employees so we have veteran employees um one of the things that we've been talking about most recently is how do we give back to i guess just call it the global community right how do we bring you know younger people in and teach them logistics how do we do that and again being a virtual company like you mentioned earlier you know we've got a home office here in kansas city we've got 41 employees operating fully remote in uh, 13 different states, it does present some challenges. And I think the biggest way we try to head those off is over-communication, right? Um, We have not, um, we've spared no expense on technology. If there's something that we need that can help us better, you know, get better as a team, as far as from a communication standpoint, I think it's something that we need to look at and invest in. So um,
1: examples of that, John.
0: So um, we're a Microsoft shop. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. That's just what we knew out of the gate. So that's what we did. Um, So we use Microsoft Teams. Um, I've had some coaching calls with some other people in Arte. One of the things that we do is we do a company happy hour at least every two or three weeks. Um, We try to be intentional about that. So um, it's at the end of the week for like 30 minutes to an hour, bring everybody on since everybody's working from home. People can have an adult beverage or a soft drink, whatever they choose. Um, But it's a neat way just for the team to get together Um, and meet everybody, have a general conversation. You know, if you think about a typical office setting, it's Friday, it's four o'clock, people are sitting around talking about their weekend. We try to recreate that in a virtual aspect. Um, You know, the other thing is um, we do, um, we try to have over communication weekly, and I've been terrible about this, but trying to get better about, uh, you know, just weekly addressing the team, talking about the um, good things that are happening, talk about the bad things too. I think if you can create those unique, learning experiences for everybody. They feel involved. You know, we've got an open door policy on um, anything. You know, I'm, I, the only way we ever get better is if we fix the problems that are sitting right in front of us. Right. Instead of mm-hmm. sweeping the rug. So.
1: So I want to touch on the, on our happy hour because I've tried similar things and maybe other people have. Um, do you do breakout rooms? How do you have it? Cause I mean, on zoom, like in, in person, people can break off into their little, you know, things and talk about different whatever's going on in their world on Zoom, obviously, if everyone's talking that just doesn't work. Um, So what are some like, how do you actually make that work?
0: Um, So our group of people, um, we have probably 70% introverts and 30% extroverts. So um, due to the nature of our employees, um, that 30% speaks a lot. And the other 70% really sits back and just takes it all in. But um, we just try to have an agenda as far as steering that conversation, right? You don't want to go down the rabbit hole of talking about professional sports for 30 minutes, right? You right. really half the group. So um, I think just asking some very general questions. And then I won't say we do popcorn, but I would say we call on people like, Hey, haven't heard from you. You know, what are you doing this weekend? Right. Really pull them into the conversation.
1: And that kind of questions like, Hey, what's going on in your family this weekend? Like, not really business, but more like personal yeah. and just kind of Okay, cool. I like that. I like tangible. Right. Like, what can we do to actually get this? Because I've done it and sometimes it's gone down rabbit holes and sometimes it's been good, sometimes it's not. So um, that's yeah. that's awesome. So yeah, so constant communication. Um, and then what do you do whenever you do run into um, a problem, say, with one of your team members? They're in a different state. Maybe they're not getting the job done the way they should. What? what how have you handled that?
0: Um, people are really good about written communication. So they typically send in a frustrated email. They send a text message. We all know that, right? So um, typically the way we handle it is pick up the phone and call. And even though they're in a different state, you can set up a Zoom call. You can set up a Teams call like, hey, help me understand like what's bothering you, right? And again, come from a place of asking, not being accusatory, because typically somebody's heated about a particular thing and say, look. You know, and you go back to if you've treated everybody well, it's really easy to have that conversation. So sit down with them, say, "Hey, look, I know you're frustrated about this. How can we make it better? Right. What does that look like? Help us create a path forward for you. That's good for us and good for you as well. Right. And then a lot of times I try to let them dictate what that is versus me just telling them this is what you're going to do. Because sometimes the issue is actually not as magnified as what we believe it to be. It's actually a really simple thing. And a lot of times, if you get that fixed, it makes the experience for the employee and for the company that much better.
1: Oh, so good. Um, I love that. And what are some things that have helped you? I mean, you talked about associations being really important and having mentors, which I agree with 100%. I think that's very important. Um, what are some other things that you've done to really, I don't even know if you've done 75 hard. What are some other tips that you've helped that have kind of got you through, I'm going to say the challenging parts of running a business and especially because I know there's days obviously that maybe aren't as good as other days. What are some ways that you've got through those days?
0: Um, So to answer the question, yes, I have done 75 hard. It's been a while and I will say for the one time that I successfully completed it, I think there's (laughs) six or seven times that I've epically failed. But I think what a lot of people need to realize is that even if you fail, it's a good thing, right? Because you figured out a hole in your game And now if you're intentional about it, you can go back and attack that to make sure like, okay, was it a planning issue? Was it just an execution issue? What was the root cause for that? Right. So um, for me personally, um, yeah, 75 hard has been great. Um, I I am uh, through this group. I've learned to, I need to spend more time reading books. And again, talking about Andy and Ed and the whole group, the Arte group. I mean, There's been so many years that I didn't read, right? And I'm like, okay, but it's amazing just uh, bringing in quality content, whether it's through reading books, whether it's through listening to podcasts, um, I think it really does help you um, expand your mind from like an abstract thinking perspective, because you start to look at situations and challenges differently. You say, okay, you know, a lot of people try to just run through the wall. It's like, well, why don't you just open the door right next to you, right? It's right there. You just got to find it, right? So... What?
1: <laughs> run to the wall. Try to run to the wall. Oh, yeah. That's too
0: easy. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that's that's another big thing. Um, you know, my wife's um she's in the health and wellness space. So she's constantly pushing me, saying you need to go for a walk, go for a run, go to the gym, go do whatever. So um i try to be more intentional about that. Um again, I could still always get better, but Um, And then I think just finding your outlets, right? Finding the things, don't resort to alcohol. Yes, I do like to drink, but um, it's a short-term Band-Aid and it doesn't fix the root problem. Mm -hmm. So focus on the mental game, focus on the physical game and focus on, I think, developing relationships too. Um, I've been not the best about that as well. It's just, there's only so many hours a day and you try to allocate it accordingly, but it's like spending time with people that truly care about you and invest in you, right? Make sure you reciprocate that
1: association now and, and all this time and I'm not sure you, did, you, you know kind of transitioned later in life but I'm curious did you have anyone that told you it was a, a silly move I'll say nicely to like start your own company and stuff like that did you go through any of that you know in 2020
0: yeah I mean I would say and how that did you handle it <laughs> I had I had a, a lot of doubt from a lot of people I think just because of you know they turn the tv on they watch the news they see what's coming with covid And like I sat there and and while I didn't disagree that it would be a challenging move because it was, um, I also saw the upside too. I mean, I know the value we can bring to the marketplace. I understand the amount of lives that we can change. Um, Here's one of the things that's really cool for us. So we've got um, 45 employees and the last number I checked, you know, I'm personally and financially responsible for, I think, 96 kids. Right. And so, I think a lot of times it's, it's your perspective on things. So I have that number written right over here. So if I ever sit there and forget, like, what am I doing or why am I doing this? I can look at that number and say, you know, I've got 45 employees. I've got 96 kids that I'm responsible for. And I think sometimes people lose sight of what they're trying to do, whether they say, okay, we're going to choose an arbitrary number and go after it. And it's like, okay, well, but why are you going after it? What, you know, explain the why. It's what Simon Sinek says. So, um, yeah, I think as far as launching the company, I did. I had a lot of friends that said you're crazy. I had a lot of people that said, you know, you have a really good job. Why would you go and do this when, you know, you don't know what the the other end looks like? And I said, yeah, but I'm not one to not rise to a challenge if it's presented in the right way to me. So it was there, and I I, I saw the potential and I saw the value we could bring to the marketplace. So I took it.
1: Did you have to, um, so the people that kind of weren't super supportive, did you have to separate from some of them? Did you find that was a thing? I know that's something that a lot of people are actually really nervous of. I have a lot of people um, that we're onboarding and then sometimes they're like, oh, but I don't want to lose my friends and family. They're not super supportive. And um, how did you handle some of that? And and what would you give for advice for someone new that's like, you know, I I, want to start a high side hustle or an entrepreneur or whatever they want to do. And I mean, pretty much anytime you're outside the norm, you're going to get people going, I don't know about that. How, do you, how did you handle that and what are some tips you would give someone on how to handle that possibly?
0: Um, I think one of the first things is just compartmentalization, right? So you have an individual that may not believe in or see the vision that you see for a particular endeavor, right? That's okay, right? Sometimes people will never see that. And so I think in, to successfully manage and handle that, compartmentalize it, right? Say, okay, I understand that. And for an example, Angela, you may not see this today. That's Okay. You know, because to your point, there will be some separation. They're going to. And again, the more you engage with them about that particular thing, they're going to fight you on it. So it's kind of like, okay, Angela, I can understand where you're coming from. That makes total sense to me. However, I don't I'm not fully on board with that belief system like personally. So, you know, internally, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. You know, you might have to lessen your communication with them in the short term. But it's funny because people always come around once they start to see the success, right. <laughs> they kind of distance themselves in the short term. And then they're like, Hey, I
1: knew you could do it. So
0: remember happy. me, you I'm made it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's probably the most effective way. Cause yeah, I had some friends that alienated me for probably six months to a year, maybe even 18 months, but now we've kind of started to rekindle those friendships. And again, it was that they just thought I was absolutely nuts. And I'm like, well, there's not, I'm not arguing that there's an element of that in this whole scenario, but you know, I had a plan, right. We just had to get there. We just had to execute.
1: That's good. So yeah. so okay listening. Like maybe you are going to separate from your friends, but then they could come back. Um, and, and, or in my case, you make new friends sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know I can always go back to some of my original friends and, but I did, we're just separate. We just think differently now. So. Yeah. There's a little bit of that. That's awesome. I love this. this. is such um such good tangible, such good, tangible things for anyone listening. What are some, you know, as you're scaling now into this year, how do you share your vision with your team? Like you said, you you are creating a big vision. Um, I just think you can do better than that personally. but anyway, um you're creating a big vision and you're talking to your team about it. how do you how do you get the buy-in? Is that something that you find really important within your within your team, or is it kind of like the, you know, the leader has a vision and, you know, they'll just follow. What do you What do you feel about that?
0: So from a communication standpoint, one of our initiatives is we need to be um, engaging with the team on a high level on a weekly basis. Right. And again, it's really easy if everybody was in one centralized location it makes it a little more challenging um, being remote and um, decentralized. So um, I think that's one part of it. I think the other thing is, is, um, just making sure as as the message gets trickled down, it's constantly reinforced, right? Because you know sharing sharing the wins, right? And I think there's a lot of value in sharing the losses. as long as you explain at the end of the day on the loss, like here's how here's how or why we lost, but here's what we're gonna do to fix it and get better and make sure that doesn't happen. showing that you're proactive in the wins and the losses as well. And then I think, we don't we don't do a good good enough job on teachable moments, right? And that's really hard being virtual, but um, when we have those types of scenarios, we had an issue with the customer a couple or a month ago, and it was like, how could we have done this better? Because we had, I think everybody that was involved admitted they were at fault. And what we realized was if we go back to the foundational principles of doing what's right and taking care of the customer to deliver that ultimate customer experience. The answer was right in front of us, right? We didn't need to keep running into the wall when the door was right there. We should have just gone beyond, above and beyond, and executed. It would have been a short-term, quote unquote, financial loss, but a long-term, I guess, relationship builder with that customer. And we didn't execute on it, but um, we figured out what we did wrong. And so next time we have that come up, we know exactly how to run that play. So,
1: living and learning—that's that's that's really awesome. Um, Awesome. In wrapping up, I know we could go forever, but I like to short and speak because I have a short attention. And so I only figure everyone else does too, <laughs> and, uh, but we'll definitely, I'm, I'm excited to see if we get into the next couple of years where this goes for you, John In wrapping up. I always ask three final questions and then anything that we didn't touch on that you just think is really important for our listeners um, yeah. to know. So first final question is if someone's looking for their purpose, what's one sentence you would say that could help them find it?
0: One sentence for somebody that's looking for their purpose. Um, I would say get started and the reason I say that is just because a lot of times if you think about it conceptually like a boat leaving a port some people sit there and they spend so much time preparing that they never get on the boat so right. if you're trying to find your purpose and you're sitting there going I don't know what to do just go just start moving forward because that's the only way you get there
1: I love that number two question and I'm sure you have more than one but what comes to mind what's a favorite quote and why
0: um it's probably a quote that my dad told me a long time ago. I'm sure somebody else coined it, but it's, it goes like this, uh, whatever the job, large or small, do it right. Or not at all.
1: Pretty straightforward. I like it. And last question. Uh, what's one word or sentence you want on your gravestone?
0: Um, Oh God, one word or sentence.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you want to be remembered for?
0: I don't know. I'm not worried about dying right now. Um, I w- <laughs> Um, family first.
1: Family first. I love it. Very cool. you got a beautiful wife. Um, awesome. And then if you run into anyone in a coffee shop and they're like, hey, John, I listen to your podcast. That was awesome. I got so much from it. Uh, what's one thing that maybe we didn't touch on that you just think would be really impactful for, for our listeners if they're starting a business or, you know, just running your life or whatever?
0: Um, One of the things that I would say is there's a human element to everything. And as great as businesses, as great as the goals that we set out to achieve, keep in mind at the end of the day, there's people first. So make sure that, we, you know, if you bring people into your organization or whatever your um, objective is, make sure that you're taking care of them
1: awesome i love that so
0: cool Be a good human.
1: <laughs> yeah be a good human look after your people and look after yeah the people around you that's that's so good john um thanks for being on as always listeners make sure to write review subscribe john's information will be in the show knock notes feel free to reach out to him i know he's a super helpful guy um so if there's anything that he can help with definitely reach out and as always let's go out there let's change one life or one starfish at a time together if we could change one life at a time together we could change
0: world. Thanks so much. fun fun. Awesome. Thank you, Angela.